Hello and welcome to the Rouse Review, part two, the City Works portion of the show. Today we're going to be talking about the community paramedicine program here in the city of Winchester. Uh, if you are not in Winchester, it's possible you also have a community paramedicine program in your town as well, so you might find this interesting. Stick around. Uh, the person that we're going to call in right now is Rob Schmidt, the uh, the person, the, the guy. He is the guy that runs the program here, so let's uh, bring in Rob. Okay, hello, welcome, Rob Schmidt. Thank you. There we go. Happy to be here. <laughs> there we go. Do people ever call you Schmitty? Um, actually, it's funny you should mention that. That's what's left. That's the last coffee mug I got from the city of Richmond. The the Y has come off there, but it used to say Smitty. So yes, there we go. They do. They call me Smitty. I uh, might have to adopt that. That's funny. Um, so, so Schmitty, uh, you've been with the city for just about a year now, right? A little over. A little over a year? A little over, and almost no gray hair to show for it. Exactly. So it's good. This is not on camera, so everybody, they, Rob has gray hair, I have none, Amy has brown, and we have two, uh, two observers today. We won't, uh, they're, they're quiet. Actually, everybody in this room except Amy has some grays. If I actually grew mine out, I would have the very, uh... Very appealing, glossy dome with some gray coming around the side. The old uh, very you know, distinguished Captain Picard look, I guess. <laughs> um, so, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Sure. Uh, we're here to talk about the the program that you run for us, the Community Paramedic Program. Yes, here in the city of Winchester, um, which we started. A little over a year ago, because you're the first and only employee of said program. Correct. I am a division of one. Exactly. And I was very nervous when we started this program. Uh, I was very nervous because when you when I started a program, uh, I started a community paramedicine program in my last job, and it all comes down to that first hire. It comes down because for a little while, it's a team of one. And if you get the wrong person, it sets you back. And it also, uh, it's hard to distinguish, did the program work? Was it the person? We got really lucky uh, because we got the right guy or girl, could have been a girl, right? Uh, we got the right person. Person, there we go. There we go, thank you. <laughs> uh, we got the right person uh, and it's been working quite wonderfully. But thank you. I don't think because community paramedicine programs in a lot of jurisdictions, and we're not the only one to do this, uh, we're not the only one in the state of Virginia, um, but a lot of people probably aren't familiar with it because it is a very different approach to the t to the traditional fire and rescue, let's jump on a fire truck and get out some hoses approach. Um, or, hey, you know. Which is a lot more fun. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, or, hey, I, I stubbed my toe, uh, so let's send a, a ladder truck, an engine, and a medic. Uh, and six people to address the issue because uh, you know, Nana has called five times this, you know, 911 five times this month. Uh, the community paramedicine program is uh, designed to really change the way we look at providing emergency medical care. So talk about what it is and how it works. So essentially the community paramedic program, the way it is here, and I'll, I'll, state plainly that a community paramedic program generally doesn't look the same and from one locality to another. True. It's basically based off the needs and what the department is trying to do. So essentially what I'm doing here is I am connecting people with services. Mm -hmm. um, now, how these people come to me, I'll get referrals from our medics in the field. I'll get referrals from our reporting software. I'll, I'm starting to get referrals from Winchester Medical Center. Awesome. 
at any rate, um, the folks are identified that need help, mm-hmm. whether they're repeat 911 um, calls for service to that particular address or person, or somebody who identifies a patient as needing extra assistance. I basically go over and evaluate those folks, and I will connect them with the different services, of which there are many. I'm really kind of surprised after having retired from Richmond, um, riding on the trucks there. I had I had no idea, and I'm sure they're just as robust in Richmond, but within the city of Winchester, just within the city, there are over 80 organizations here that have a mission to help others in need, whether that's food or housing or finances, whatever it may be. So essentially what I do is I just look at these people, I have a conversation with them, figure out what they need and then connect them with the services in the city which they may know sometimes they need a little encouragement Mm -hmm. um and basically i just maintain a relationship with these folks until they're back up on plane okay and they're where they need to be and they're not accessing 911 services as often as they were got it so the ultimate goal is reduce reliance on 911 as someone's primary medical care reduce ER visits. Mm -hmm. And what does that, you know, obviously for the hospital, that is is great because it's going to save them money. So uh, hearing that we're getting referrals from Valley Health, which is our local hospital, is fantastic. Uh, What does it do for the city in the long run? Well, I think essentially, and, and I was kind of surprised when I first came here that Winchester Fire Rescue was doing as much as as they were Um, with the resources that they have. I've been kind of lucky. The fire departments I've worked at have been large urban departments, Mm -hmm. and there's no end of resources. But for a city Winchester size, the fact that they've got three ALS units that Mm -hmm. basically provide 24-7 coverage Mm -hmm. 365 days a year, that's impressive, and that that speaks volumes yeah. to the amount of effort that the department puts forth in making sure the residents here are taken care of. Um, specifically, what I do is you're you're just looking to decrease the call volume. Mm-hmm. That that's one of the primary drivers, but I think essentially Winchester Fire Rescue and the city of Winchester, they're basically trying to also take care of their customers. Hmm. That's a big part of it. We always say, you know, that obviously a lot of things are based in in data and how can we deliver the best services and decrease the amount of money Hmm. it costs the taxpayer, yada, yada, yada. But when it comes down to it, I think that we're just being good neighbors. We're Hmm. taking care of people who need things and they just don't know what direction they, they need to go. That was really well. I yeah. Know. Like you answered the next three questions I was going to ask. So pretty good. Very, you are very good. See, Amy said I was going to do most of the talking, and I got a sense you were going to surprise me. Um, so we're not the only one in the state uh, that does this. Um, I know I'm, I'm aware of one other one. Um, what ones are you familiar with? I da- Danville? Dar- yeah, um, Danville, they've been doing it for a little while. I was completely unaware, um, for the listeners out there who know about Central Virginia, um, Richmond is surrounded by the counties of Henrico and Chesterfield. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was pretty well connected when I was in the fire service down there. Chesterfield's had a program for, I want to say, seven or eight years. Wow. I had no idea. Wow. So Chesterfield, James City County, and um, the uh, county or city of Chesapeake, I guess, mm-hmm. um, they have their own programs, but there are others coming online. I think um, as, and, and it, again, this is really surprising for the city of Winchester. It's a very small 
Mm -hmm. You know, it's a small community. So generally, you see these community paramedic programs coming into existence in these larger departments who are also feeling the pinch. Mm -hmm. You know, they they just don't have enough medics to be able to deliver the services they need across Mm -hmm. the board, especially for your low acuity calls. So the fact that Winchester is kind of leaning into it Mm -hmm. much more quickly with their size, that that that's definitely a a good thing but there there are other large i think fairfax i want to say they're looking they believe it or not don't have one but i think they're actually looking at, at getting their own program up yeah. and running fantastic there so we've talked about the types of calls a little bit you kind know, of in the periphery and you just use the phrase low acuity mm-hmm. what type you know if someone's having a heart attack you're not going to be the guy that shows up at their door but what typically are the types of frequent calls that we get that might flag somebody if for a referral um basically now i was originally hired chief henschel he basically um set forth the 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 three areas which he thought would would that i should concentrate in and those were substance use disorder mental health and then slips trips and falls um falls by far um that's a pretty significant call volume Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's just a lift assist the the person who's fallen can't get up on their own or their caregiver there Mm -hmm. can't get that person back up so we will actually get a call for that and there are things that i can do to help them out with the falls but there i mean and we joke about well if you're of my generation you joke about the old commercials where i you know you people have fallen and they can't get up and i know when i was that age i was like how often did that does that actually happen that they need an entire like bit of technology to alert somebody but I was young and dumb, so. But it is a very frequent thing. It, it is. I don't mean to quiz you on this, but uh, you know, our you know we're a, like we said, we are four stations. We're not a huge city, uh, but we get how many order of magnitude lift assist calls on a monthly or annual basis? I really wouldn't know, Darn. but if if anybody were to listen to the radio first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. it's like everybody calls everybody else and says, okay, we're going to fall now. Uh-huh. So it's it's generally at certain times during the day. Okay. I mean, it's it's, it's Getting out of else. bed. So, and yeah, and, and there is, it, with a lot of my patients, there's actually no specific cause. Okay. But obviously these things do typically tend to happen, you know, in the bedroom and in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, folks have been around for a while and they just get tired and they, they don't necessarily fall. They just want to... I'm going to take a break, and if it's right here on the floor, that's where I'm going to take a break, and then they can't get back up again. Huh. So that 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 does happen a lot as well. So. so when someone comes in through, you know, let's say it's typically one of those routes. They've been referred for one of those three focus areas. They don't stay with you forever. You know, at some point they, they leave the nest, hopefully. Uh, what kinds of things do we do to get those folks back to on plane, as you said. I am still trying to figure that out. I have pretty much kept all of my patients, um, the ones that have, have come to me and that I see on a weekly basis. Um, there's a lot of encouragement mm-hmm. involved with some of my patients. Others are completely, they're an autopilot, and I really don't have to do a whole lot other mm-hmm. than say maybe we should look that way. But I would say a vast majority I am checking in with them um, hmm. on a weekly basis, sometimes more. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it just requires, you know, again, we're, we're just trying to be good neighbors and make sure folks mm-hmm. get the services that they need. Yeah. 
So um, as soon as I figure out how I am going to get these folks entirely up on plane and self-sufficient, I'm going to let Chief Henschel know. <clears throat> well, it's only been a year, so <laughs> I don't anticipate that we will. Um, I don't anticipate you'll have all the answers quite yet. But you do have some good success stories that you've told me. So can you give yes. us one of those? I do. Um, I, I actually have had with my very few um, um, substance use disorder uh, folks that I have been seeing, I have had a couple, a couple of really good successes that have led to them coming off the street and actually getting back into the workforce and, and being a more positive uh, uh, part of the community, I guess you would say. So, um, but again, with with a lot of my folks, it's it's you kind of get up on plane, but you're just not quite there yet. And I think it must be my pleasant talking demeanor <laughs> or the mustache. Maybe some folks just want to see me every week. There you go. So, <laughs> you yeah, are very likable. Yeah. Well, for a lot of people, you know, you might be some some of their only social interaction for the week. And too. there is that as well. There, yeah. there is a lot of that there. Yeah. Now, um, for the other two, we've you know obviously lift assists and people that are aging in place are probably a, a big source uh, of clients, but we talked about substance abuse, uh, mental health. Mm -hmm. You know that a lot of that leads towards you know some of the homeless population that we have here. And you know if you're in Winchester, uh, yes, we do have some homeless folks here. We do not have a abnormally large number of homeless folks. We have probably a, a typical amount for a city of our size, but we still have them, and they often hang out in some of the more visible areas, particularly here in the downtown core. Uh, and I know that you engage with some of those folks as well. Tell me about that. Yes, they do, and yes, I do, um, <laughs> without a doubt. So um, I would say that you would be correct. They're, they're really there are no more than you would typically expect, but these folks do require a lot of encouragement and a lot of services. And again, the city of Winchester, in my mind, is really stellar in that area because there are we've got we've got Watts, um, CCAP, you've got um, the Community Services Board, you've got a lot of organizations out there that are willing to help it just mm -hmm. unfortunately as many services as there are out there the only person who can make the decision mm -hmm. to actually you know take advantage of those services is the individual mm -hmm. and again that's where i kind of come in and i'm i wouldn't say i'm hammering these particular folks yeah. but the conversation does come up a lot mm -hmm. um, and you're trying to steer them and support them but not enable that behavior and yeah. i gotta tell you it's been it's that's been a learning experience for me because for my entire career i was the guy coming in on the truck and mm -hmm. basically you know i'd spend 15 minutes and hey man you need to if you want to go take a nap go take a nap just don't take it here where mm -hmm. everybody can see you yeah go someplace else um but i've had to learn new skills and new ways of talking to people and i think if my kids could mm -hmm. hear me <laughs> talk to some of these yeah. guys there would be like who are you? I don't, I don't, you never talk to us like that. Why are you talking to these guys like that? You're so nice. So um, to to kind of sum up, because uh, we've hit all the major areas, uh, this type of program, and we'll talk recap quickly the financial benefits. So every time uh, we run a call, uh, and, and we've done some 
you know, some estimations as to how much it costs the city. Every time we do, we send out an ambulance, for example, or an engine, and it's somewhere between about a nine hundred and a thousand dollars every call we do, and that's an average. You know, some for a major fire, obviously, it's you know, many orders of mag- at many orders of magnitude more, and sometimes we get a call and we get there, we show up and we you know get called off and immediately leave. But the average cost to the city, all loaded in, is about nine hundred to a thousand dollars. Every time you go out, it is not two or three staff folks. It is not uh, a very expensive ambulance. It is not an even more expensive engine. Uh, it costs us a lot less money. So every single time you go out, and it you know, hopefully or potentially prevents a 911 call, mm-hmm. the city comes out ahead. Yes. Is that Without a doubt. And, and again, it's just, obviously it's about the, the financial responsibility mm-hmm. that, that we have to the, the citizens here. But it's also about conserving um, manpower mm-hmm. or person power. It's a good point. As it is. Um, Winchester ED, the, the ER there, they are, I, again, I am really surprised. They stay pretty doggone busy. Mm-hmm. So if I can handle a problem out here and they never see the ER, then that is more throughput on their end. And that, that same kind of thinking also mm-hmm. works here. So um, the the more calls I get, the more things I can handle, that means the less phone calls are made to, you know, our medic units yeah. for service. Very good point. So, and that frees them up for higher acuity calls, mm-hmm. for being able to do the things that they I'm not going to say that a, a 911 call for service isn't important, but obviously a cardiac arrest or a breathing of difficulty of course, definitely yeah. overrides, you know, um, I've had Somebody a headache for yeah. like five days and yeah. yada, yada, yada. Or I've sat down on the floor and I've decided to right, get up. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that, and that's a way of, of, of looking at it as well. And, and another thing I should bring up, um, there seems to be that there is a lack nationwide of paramedics as there well. Is, yeah. And there's a reason for that. And it's generally because there aren't enough medics mm-hmm. to serve the population with the mm-hmm. increase of call volume. I can say that, that um, the, the pandemic that we just made it through did not mm-hmm. make that job any easier, but we see that in healthcare in general. Yeah. So you're, you're trying to conserve the resources that are mm-hmm. there for the folks that really need those resources. So that's another way to look at it. That's an excellent way to look at it. And I think a perfect spot <laughs> which we can uh, kind of put a bow on it by ending uh, by really saying that it's really just the right thing to do, you know, for, uh, for the existence of the fire and rescue service, uh, you know, the, the focus has been on fires, you know, you think of the fireman, you think of them running to the fire, hopping on the engine, you know, we give out little plastic fire helmets to kids in school, but, uh, 80% or more of our calls are emergency medical calls. They're Correct. not fire calls. Uh, so the community really does look to us for um, first response medical care, even though we are not their primary, primary care doctor, we're not the emergency room. Uh, but you know, we're, we've been pounding it into people for many generations to, or for a couple generations, how long has 911 been around? Hmm. Not many generations, 911's actually somewhat of a relatively new thing. It's fairly 70s? Like 60s, I don't know where else. Yeah, since the 60s or 70s, hmm. we've had 911, and we've been pounding it into people, call 911, call 911. Yes, we have. So mm-hmm. now, what do people do? They call 911. They, there's an expectation that the public 
public servants like yourself are going to respond to them. So I think it's, at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do. And it really reflects that shift in thinking uh, from the old school fire department to, to truly a community health and safety department. So true. Very true. Rob, thank you very much. You're very welcome. It's very nice to see you. Uh, we do have, I hope I'm hoping, 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 uh, that we have some great news in the next month or two, uh, about the community paramedicine program. So, uh, we'll talk about that, uh, when the time comes, uh, until then, Rob, it's been nice seeing you. Thank you for having me. Thanks. I think Rob's got a future in doing these. <laughs> I, I, Sign I him might, up. I have to say, he might. I might just have him do this for me. I'll give him a. He can read the agenda and he, he can interview people. I think he. I think he'd be pretty good his, at it. Yeah, his voice works. Absolutely, which I think is incredibly important mm-hmm. when you're dealing with the populations that he's dealing with. You mm-hmm. have to have that. Um, that kind of demeanor and personality. You got to be a little disarming. You got to well, make I people know. feel comfortable. I wouldn't want to disappoint him. <laughs> no, no. The, <laughs> the guy, he he clearly has a passion for what he does. Yes, he, he does. And he cares about it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said at the, at the beginning, we got the right person. Mm-hmm. Perfect. From there, we build. Yeah. Um, so and he's, very, pri- he's prior military too. Yes, which yes, helps. it does. It does. <laughs> he he's self motivated and he's organized. Mm-hmm. Oh, which yeah. When you're a team of one, you have to, yep. or an army of one. There you go. That's a, that's actually even a slogan for there you go. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, something like that. Anyways, uh, thanks everybody for listening to part two, the city works portion of this show. Uh, we may or may not have a topic for next time. No, nope. not yet. <laughs> As uh, usual. <laughs> per usual. You're just going to have to tune in and find out uh, who we're talking to next time. And until then, we'll see you around City Hall.